Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new week of AutoLine Daily. Now let's get to what's happening in the global automotive industry. And the automotive horse race results are in for the first nine months of the year. And Toyota is in the lead to be the number one global automaker. The Japanese car maker sold more than 7.4 million vehicles. GM is next on the list with 7.2 million. And VW rounds out the top three with just over 7 million units in sales. As we've reported before, there are hundreds of car companies in China, and it's no secret that the government thinks that's too many. So China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology just issued a list of 48 car companies that it wants to quit and go away unless they pass an audit or if they merge with a larger automaker. Speaking of China, the Buick Excel-based Baozhen 630 sedan will be exported to North Africa as a rebadged Chevrolet Optra starting next year. Baozhen, of course, is the entry-level brand that was created by GM and its Chinese partners, SAIC and Wuling. The Chinese government mandated that foreign automakers create new Chinese brands from scratch, all with the goal of creating more Chinese chief engineers who know, know how to develop an entire car. And we'd like to thank Rivera Notario for giving us a heads up about this story via Twitter. If you hear about interesting news developments, you too can submit ideas to us at twitter.com slash Suppliers to General Motors are up in arms over the way the company recently dictated new terms and conditions on their contracts. Amongst other things, the new terms spell out exactly what suppliers must do and what they're liable for. But what really has suppliers angry is that they were not consulted about these changes or even warned that they were on the way. The new terms were issued in July. Last month, the OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association, organized a special conference for its members to learn about the new contracts and compare them to other automakers. GM, for its part, says its terms and conditions had not been updated in nearly 20 years, were badly in need of revision, and that they're consistent with what other automakers demand. Ford's vice president of purchasing, Hao Tai Tang, says the company recently updated its terms and conditions, but it spent three years consulting with suppliers before issuing them. He says Ford does allow for suppliers to ask for variations in their contracts, but that they rarely ask for it. Here's my AutoLine insight. I think with the uproar, GM now recognize it should have consulted its suppliers before making such drastic changes to its contracts. At least I hope that's the case. I've heard more than one senior supplier executive say they believe GM is back to its old arrogant ways. Click the link in today's show notes to find the full 13 pages of those terms and conditions. Big automakers want to use their size to cut costs. They all want global-scale modular platforms that reduce and shorten manufacturing and product development times. The goal is that any model, no matter what size, powertrain, or body type, can be built at any plant around the world. 
Volkswagen has identified that about 70% of a vehicle's value is located between the front axles and the instrument panel. The German automaker calls it MQB, which will cover 39 models spanning eight sizes and market segments by 2019. And now it looks like General Motors will be dropping its old architecture approach that is based on a vehicle segment in favor of a strategy more like Volkswagen's. General Motors recently shifted its lead product development back to its Warren, Michigan R&D facility instead of spreading that out all over the world. GM has yet to announce which vehicle will be the first to take this new modular approach, but will be the first to let you know. Automakers are scrambling to reduce the weight of their vehicles, all with the idea of improving fuel economy. The new Cadillac CTS is a great example of how to do just that, and we'll get into the details right after this. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. Hi, I'm Tony Roma. I'm the chief engineer on the Cadillac CTS, and I'm going to go through some of the ways we were able to save over 200 pounds with the all-new 2014 model. Okay, the first part we're going to talk about on the 2014 CTS is the first in General Motors use of aluminum doors. Aluminum inner and outer structure and upper structure saves us 55 pounds. It's uh, 33 pounds in the front doors, 22 pounds on the rear doors. The B pillar is what we call a tailor rolled blank, so we vary the thickness of the steel from 1.4 millimeters at the top and the bottom to 1.9 millimeters in the middle where it needs the strength near the hinge mounts. This saves us three pounds per side, and then the scalloped flanges that you see uh, here are used throughout the body. That saves us six pounds throughout the body. Um, this graphic just shows the use of high-strength steel, ultra-high-strength steel, and aluminum strategically throughout the body to get the stiffness that we needed and get the weight out. The instrument panel changes from a cast magnesium structure to an aluminum weldment. Um, where we use extrusions and an aluminum tube uh, to get a part that saves us 7.2 pounds and results in a stiffer part to carry the instrument panel. The uh, front structure changes from a steel hydroform weldment that weighs 60 pounds to an aluminum casting and extrusion weldment that weighs 24 pounds. That's a 36 pound reduction on the front of the car where mass is at a premium to give us the 50-50 weight distribution that we need for the car. Okay, we're going to talk about some of the chassis parts now. The uh, front engine mount brackets change from uh, aluminum casting to a magnesium casting that helps us pull two pounds per side out of the car. The lower control arm structure in the front changes from this fairly beefy A-arm to two handling links that helps us pull almost seven pounds out of the car. The rear structure, unlike the front structure, stays steel for cost and mass distribution reasons but by the efficient use of sizing of bushings and load pass, um, we've been able to pull over 15 pounds out of it. And that's really what you'll notice when you look at the bottom of the car is the efficient use of the structure, how the control arms are directly in line with the structural elements in the car. It resolves the forces back to the body uh, quickly and efficiently, and it means we don't have to spend a lot of mass to get the structural performance that we need. The front bumper beam saves 12 pounds by changing from a steel weldment to an aluminum extrusion. And the front structure changes from a steel to die cast aluminum that we bond into the front of the car. And that saves us seven pounds per side and results in a stiffer part than the part it replaces. 
All the things we've done result in a structure that's 8.5% lighter, but 40% stiffer than the car it replaces. The car itself is over 200 pounds lighter and is now the lightest car in the segment. Interesting stuff all about making cars more lightweight. Hey, as you know, Jeep's been having all kinds of problems getting its new Jeep Cherokee launched, but now they seem to have those problems behind them. To get all the inside information, join us for AutoLine After Hours this Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time when our guest will be Mitch Claw, the vehicle line executive for the Jeep Cherokee. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for tuning in, and please join us again tomorrow.